Let's go. CommonwealthSportsTalk.com. Give me that work. Okay. Commonwealth Sports Talk. Tonight, I am your host, Lamont Thomas. I'm here with Ms. Shaylin Moore. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. And then we got Director of Basketball Operations for the Women's Basketball Team, UNC Wilmington, Ms. Kiana Brown. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to have your time. We are glad to have your time. And this is going to be a great episode. Of course, we here at uh, at Commonwealth Sports Talk. Let me let me go ahead and do the the, the official uh, greeting, if you will. This sport, this Commonwealth Sports Talk podcast is brought to you by Legacy Maker Sports Network. Also brought to you by Grind and Pray are our sponsors, and uh, the mission is to teach and inform the listener on the positive advancement of. Virginia athletes, born or raised, and definitely born and raised. So with that being said, welcome to Commonwealth Sports Talk, Ms. Brown. Um, man, let's see, UNC Wilmington, where do we start? Let's go back to the origin. You know, we got to tell a story, right? So first, we're going to go back to Williamsburg. Talk to us about you falling in love with the game of basketball and um, what playing high school basketball in, the, in that area meant for you. Yeah, um, so my dad, he's from Williamsburg. Um, he's one of 13. Um, so I have a huge family and, you know, deep roots in basketball. Uh, my uncles, you know, I had an uncle that went to Bucknell, um, uh, uncle that played overseas. My dad, sad to say, he did go to Norfolk State. I'm sorry, um, little state is what I would call it, but <laughs> going to kill me when he sees that. But yeah, so my dad played at Norfolk State, um, you know, growing up. I was, I started playing when I was six. I wanted to be a cheerleader at first, but, um, you know, my dad got me running around in his camps. And um, ever since then, I've, you know, I've, I've loved the game. I've, you know, given countless hours and, and spent so much time in the gym um, as a youngin. So, um, you know, all the way up to, I was 22 when I stopped playing. So, you know, 16 years of just blood, sweat and tears um, playing and, you know, just it's taken me so far and it's continued to take me places. So, um, you know, definitely some something that I'm so glad that I was able to do 
Um, and, you know, so glad to be able to give back to young kids that, you know, want to play and, um, you know, look up to people that have played and ha are, have gone on to coaching and, you know, just staying a, a part of the game. You know, I, I really am here to empower, you know, children and, and girls, not just girls, but boys as well. Um, you know, I have a little brother who plays at Oak Hill. So, you know, all anything that I can do, any way that I can, you know, touch kids and, um, get them to love the game as much as I did. That's, you know, kind of where my journey is going with basketball right now. Nice. Love it. Love it. And we here at Commonwealth Sports Talk, we love uh, women in sports. We're a huge advocate, you know, and we try to give you guys your, your, you know, your props and your, your due diligence because and do our due diligence because uh, we, we know that's a, that's a long story, but you know, yeah. y'all get the shorter than the stick a lot and, and yeah. we, we're here to set the set the bar where it needs to be. Yeah, I love um, it. Jalen, jump in anytime you need to. So speaking of setting the bar, um, you, you talked about your journey and where it's gotten you to this point and how you foresee yourself um, continuing in the game of basketball, whether it's playing or coaching or in athlete development. Um, but for those current student athletes that, you know, see a future in sports but don't necessarily know what direction they plan to go or how to get there after their journey ends um, as an athlete speak to that like what were some of the things that you did when you noticed like okay this is my last year my time is one year now what is life after basketball for me yeah actually that's a great question um you know I think that you spend so much time in your sport you know that I even I was someone that didn't know what I wanted to do after I finished. So I was a communications major. Um, I graduated from Virginia State University uh, with my comm degree, and I had no clue what I wanted to do um, at the time. I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to coach. I think I just want to, you know, enjoy my brother and go to his games and kind of just support. Um, and so I kind of just had no clue, but. One thing that um, I learned as a, as a young child and as a young female and, um, you know, as a basketball player is networking is super important. I think that I was able to keep in contact with, you know, Coach Barefoot, you know, old coaches, um, you know, even at Virginia State, I was an intern for the media relations department in my second semester. So keeping in touch with them and, you know, building those relationships to be able to you know, reach out to people and say, hey, I don't, I have no idea what I want to do, but, you know, this is what I've done so far. You know, I've, I'm a comm major. I was a basketball player. You know, I've helped, I volunteered here and there. So um, right after school, I had no idea, but I eventually got an internship um, doing media relations at the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Um, and that was great for me. You know, the MEAC is a great place. I learned, I met so many great people there, um, you know, and they are so huge on professional development. So I was able to attend, you know, the, the celebration bowl and the festivities um, that come along with that, um, you know, the women in sports seminar that they have, um, the NFL, um, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the, the name. Forum. Yeah, the, the career forum, like, things like that, I was able to attend and see people like me that, you know, are, are young. I saw a lot of women that made me so great. There were so many women there, um, first of all, but a lot of people like me that had no idea what they wanted to do and, you know, just 
doing a whole bunch of networking. Um, and then from the MEAC, I was able to get a media relations assistant position at the University of Maryland. Um, and that was great as well. I mean, like Power Five School, um, you get to see the, you know, the colorful side of uh, athletics with at a Power Five and, you know, uh, the resources and um, just like being in the atmosphere of a Power Five school in football and basketball and soccer. Um, and so really, you know, working with the women's basketball team there is, as a media relations person, that helped me realize like, yeah, I, I really miss the game. I really want to give back to the game. Um, and so that's how I got on, went on to being a graduate assistant. But, you know, my main thing is that you, you just have to try, you have to try a lot of things, you know, people, your path, my path is not straight. Everybody's path, everybody takes a lot of twists and turns in their path. And so I think the most important thing um, is just to put your hands in a lot of different things. Like, you know, I was exposed at the MEAC to doing different things. I was exposed at Maryland to doing different things. Um, and then my previous place, Valdosta State, as the women's basketball graduate assistant, I still, you know, I did other things besides coach. I was the first person to ever uh, call the volleyball games on live stream. Um, I helped with softball. So just, you know, putting my hands in a lot of different things. I feel like that's my best advice is don't, you know, put all your eggs in one basket when you graduate, kind of just do a lot of different things. Absolutely. Great advice. Now let's talk about um, your role at, as the director of ops, you know, of basketball ops and, and these prerequisites. Because again, we, we want to show our athletes, you know, the give them their flowers while we can. So let's let's talk about it. All right. We got 2012-2013 state champ, right? You uh, all tournament team, press player of the year, Virginia Gazette player of the year, Bay Rivers player of the year, Pen Peninsula Sports Club player of the year. Yeah. You know, and, and even as a college player um, for ODU, you were always a, a player that did what you needed to do, right? Whether you needed to go five for five for threes in a game or have four blocks in a game. Again, we do our research, we know. Right? <laughs> like, like, talk about how, you know, that on court IQ, you know, and that, that commitment you had to the game as a player has now transformed to you getting the best out of the student athletes that you work with now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my dad, he, is, he trained me uh, my whole life. And, um, you know, I still have not found someone that I feel like is, you know, I've seen my dad play in his prime and he's has such a good IQ. And um, I, another thing that I did often is, um, and that's growing up, stayed in the gym. Like I, I have that IQ because I spent a lot of countless hours in the gym. Um, oh, is it frozen? Can you hear me still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I spent a lot of count, countless hours in the gym um, to build up that IQ. I think that the only way that you can have that is if you, you work at it. And so, um, you know, my parents were really tough on me. I'm the only girl um, in the house. And so a lot of times, like I had to go to the gym before I did things. I had to get, a, you know, 500 shots up before I went out with my friends or, um, you know, my mom would be like, oh, you want to go somewhere? Did you go to the gym today? Um, so I think that that has a lot to do with my mentality um, and why I work so hard 
is because that's something that my parents like bred out of me and bred out of my brothers. Like, you know, my parents could not pay for college and they were very upfront for it with me on that. And so with that in mind, like I just knew that I had to work, you know, that much harder than everybody else. And I think that um, with that mentality, it's easy to instill that in the kids. Like, you know, you got to do one more. Like, I really love this group at UNC Wilmington. Like, just as the director of ops, you know, taking, you know, taking a step down before we go to practice, those girls, they are in the gym before we even work out. They, they, they get on the gun, they shoot, you know, it's like four or five of them. It's can, they're contagious. Their energy is just like, Hey, we want to do something special this year. And I think that, you know, that's how I carry myself. You know, I, we always do one more. So um, my dad has always instilled that in, in me and in my brothers and, um, and that's kind of like something that they were, that was instilled in them. So um, definitely that IQ comes from just being in the gym and having that hungry mentality of I'll do whatever it takes. You know, I, it's hard when you go from a place of, you know, being the main scorer and, um, you know, just per, go to person. And I think, you know, people get that mis misconstrued when you go to college, that it's just going to be like that. Um, and I think that I had that mat mature mentality to understand, like, you know, I don't really care about my accol accolades. I just care about, you know, how good my team does. So um, that really just played a huge part in what I did and was able to do at the collegiate level. That's right. Give me the W. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's all I care about. That's right. Yeah, and we'll go ahead and get into, you know, the um, the program itself. Uh, Shaylin, you got anything for us? Sure. Um, my next question, and again, I kind of want to attack the journey side of it because a lot of people, they're so fixated and caught up on the end results. And like you said, they don't see those hours where you're not out with everyone else. You're in the gym shooting 5,000 shots until you can go out. You're, you know, late nights, early mornings. People don't really, they know of it, but they don't really see it. They can't really feel it because they're not there in those grind moments. So when you think about that, what are some things that you feel like you did that others, I'm not going to say they won't do it, but they just necessarily don't do it. And what were those, if you could name two pivotal things that you did while you were athlete and after you were athlete that really made all the difference in getting to you, you where you are today? Yeah, I, just like I said, you know, like I spent a lot of time in the gym um, and I think a pivotal moment in my career was when I was a sophomore, um, you know, as a freshman at ODU, I didn't play a lot and I didn't take that personally. Like it didn't make me want to leave the school. It, it made me want to, you know, go after it. And um, I think that that was my pivotal moment um, as a player um, that off season, I really went hard at it. I mean, I got extra workouts with our strength and conditioning. I was in the gym um, getting shots up. You know, I really, became a perfectionist with my shot. Uh, my sophomore year, uh, Coach Jermaine Woods, he joined our staff at ODU. And, um, you know, he, me and him were, we just got real tight. And um, one thing I did, I just became a perfectionist. Like I would be in practice and I would be missing shots and I'd get so mad at myself because I spent so much time in the gym, you know, shooting and, and making sure my feet are right. And, you know, I'm lining the ball up every single time and just, you know, hearing things that my dad has said, but in the back of my mind, that's repetition. And so I just took it personal that I wanted to be the best version of me so that I can contribute to, to my team. 
And so, um, you know, that, that summer and, or spring and summer in between my, and fall as well, the, but that time between the end of the season when I was a freshman, that was a huge moment for me to, you know, just hunker down and, and get in the gym and make myself better. And I think that I really saw it pay off um, when I was a sophomore. I think that what, that was one of my best years at ODU. I felt like I was the most confident that I had ever been. And um, I was, you know, defensively, offensively, like anything that I needed to do um, for Coach Barefoot, I feel like I was able to do it because I just spent the time working on it. Um, and just the same thing in my career, a, a pivotal moment for me was when I made the career change. Um, I think, you know, I loved media relations. The MEAC was great to me. Maryland was great to me. But um, it helped me realize that, you know, I was missing something that was near and dear to me. And, um, you know, working in sports was great, but I want to work with my sport. And so um, that made me hungry. You know, we were in, a, in the middle of a pandemic. So I was kind of at home and, you know, I was talking, talking to my dad, like, hey, like, you know, I really want to do this. And so I was reaching out to all my old coaches. You know, I reached out to Coach Barefoot, who ended up being such a great resource for me and a great advocate for me. Um, when I did get that job at Varasa State, but, you know, I was reaching out to my old coaches. I applied for so many graduate assistantships, um, so many just like assistant coaching jobs, you know, with no experience at all. But, um, you know, I got, I took a, a lot of interviews and I was able to learn from those and just get better every single time. And then um, that really helped me launch myself into um, the coaching side of basketball. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful for, you know, just having that confidence and not being afraid to just step out on a limb and go after what I believe in. Got it. Before I hand it over to Lamont, I was trying to make sure I remember there was one important thing you said in your first answer. You said you didn't play a lot that freshman year and it was pivotal for you as a player going into your sophomore year to just grind harder. But I think it was what I got from it was also it was pivotal for you as a player and for you as a person. And that said a lot about your character, because, you know, we live in a, a generation where kids, when they don't play, they want to jump shipping into the portal. You know, they don't sometimes they don't think like it's me. I got to work harder. What am I not doing? I got to put the time in. And that's even in the corporate world, you know, things aren't moving as fast as you want. You're not elevating as fast as you want. You're looking for the next job. And it's a, definitely a generational thing. It's a good thing. And sometimes it's bad, but I think it was important and pivotal for you as a person and a player in that moment. And it said a lot about your character and a lot about what you were willing to risk to get to where you wanted to get. So I just oh, absolutely. To you know, I think uh, social media has paid such a huge influence like you see the the highlight videos and the workout videos and those are all great like no take nothing away but um I see a lot of like instant gratification everybody wants a like everybody wants you know the comments oh you're so good and stuff like that and you know I could have been offended when I was in high school because I felt like you know, I'm looking at all these girls in the country and, you know, I'm not ranked in, I wasn't ranked in the country. I, I wasn't, you know, like some five-star athlete or anything like that. And that didn't deter me. And I think that nowadays, like 
people just think it's all about the stars. Like I, I wish that we could take stars away and take the, that, that type of stuff away because, you know, you would really see players for who they are, like past the stars. So definitely that was a pivotal, I, I grew up that, but in that time, like I grew up, like I even called my parents one day when I was at ODU, like I was scrolling through Instagram and I'm like looking at people that I grew up with and stuff like that. And they were doing, you know, doing their own thing. But um, one thing I, I called my parents on three way and I'm like, I just want to thank y'all for just being so hard on me and uh, demanding like an excellence out of me that I didn't understand then, but I understand it now. Like this is how I carry myself. And I think they really set that up for myself to like, want to want want more like I want more in life I want you know I want more even right now I want more I want I want to see you know where I can go and what what I can do so yeah definitely that was like a time where I really just grew up as a person and a player for sure adversity will grow you up yes it will yes it will that was perfect because Shailen you speaking about you know the generation and then Keanu you saying instant gratification right that is the generation right and that's that's the thing that that holds us back a lot of times you know what i mean like that running through the wall or like you said you you see the highlights and you see all the glitz and glamour and all the all the clout and you know that that doesn't that doesn't necessarily add or match you know those times in practice where you get pissed off at yourself right the time when you got to look in the mirror the the incidents you were talking about, whereas you versus you, right? right. And you refuse to lose. And right. you've applied that not only to the court, but now in your career, right? And that's that's the makings of a winner, right? Like that's that's what we talk about. Like, because that intrinsic motivation, it doesn't go any further than that. Then you looking at yourself like it's me, right? It's it's me or nothing else. Like betting on yourself is is a thing. And that is the thing in our generation where you know, we want the end results, you know, like Shaylin talks about, you know, but at the same time, you you have to go through the obstacles to get there. You got to run through that, you know, through that pain or that adversity or whatever it is that's, that's getting you there or holding you back so that you can get there. Absolutely. And, you know, just before we move on, if we were doing that, I like Shaylin, you said something so important, like about the portal and kids just jumping in, like, one thing that if if an athlete is listening to this podcast, like I really, like I challenge you to look in a mirror and, you know, just see what you can fix about yourself before you're, you know, thinking about what the program or your coaches are doing, you know, in this, in, in this situation. Um, I challenge kids to look at, look in a mirror and, you know, see how they can be better and be the best them. Um, and then if, if it all boils down to like, I'm the best version of me and this is not a great fit for me, then that's when you figure out, you know, the best situation for you. But I think so often kids just give up so easily, like, and then they go to another place and it's, you know, a situation where they're like, well, I transferred here and then I want to transfer again. Like, and I feel like kids don't understand that it's not always the school. Like you kind of just got to uh, bear down and do the work. Like, I, you know, kids are not they try to say, oh, you know, oh, it's the coach. It's the it's the players and stuff like that. But, you know, you're coming in last in sprints or 
you're showing up late or you're not getting your grades right or you're, you know, stuff like that. So I just really challenge any athlete that's listening to this podcast, like really bear down, write some goals for yourself for the next year, you know, write some things down and, and don't just give up. Yes. It definitely felt different. Yeah, it's, it's so real. And, you know, and we talk all the time on this podcast about everybody doesn't have the same amount of opportunities. You talked about that. Your opportunities you knew from high school were going to be not as many as some of the other people, right? And that flips the switch with you. That changes your mindset because, again, transfer portal, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't like it in my high school. I'm going to move. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like it there. I'm going to move again, right? Everybody doesn't get those opportunities. So mm-hmm. you come back sophomore year, grinding harder than ever. You played in every game, sophomore and junior after that, mm-hmm. right? Like th- those are the type of things that get you over the hump. And before you know it, you playing 30 plus minutes in the game. And it's not even about scoring. It's about doing anything and everything you can to will your team to a victory. Like that's, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. And then look at you now, right? Like moving on. You know, now you're passing that down, you know, to the next student athletes. I think that was great advice. It was great advice. Definitely. And yeah. also sometimes people, um, what I've noticed and what you showcased to, you know, be the opposite is that they they can't stay committed to the process when they don't get the desired outcomes. So if my team doesn't have a winning season, then I, I can't stay committed. I can't still give that 1000% effort. If I'm not getting playing time, then I'm not willing to go as hard in practice because I'm coming off the bench. So it's those scenarios that change the dynamic and it really separates the people that really want it versus the people that, you know, like you said, are doing it for the instant gratification or other reasons. Um, Speaking of that, I do want to dive in a little bit more to your current position with basketball operations, because you said that it was a pivotal moment for you when you switched career gears. So in this current role, what's something that you have yet to, you know, touch or do that you plan to do soon, whether it's student athlete development, you know, mental health is heavy right now in college athletics. So what's something that you, I'm not even, I'm just going to speak it into existence. What's something that you're going to do in this role that you have yet to do? So um, as the director of ops, like I'm uh, in charge of like, you know, travel and, um, you know, hotels and, and that side of things. However, like, you know, with the girls, I also get to be really creative with them. So one thing that we are going to do at UNC Wilmington is we're going to be heavily involved with diversity and inclusion. Um, I, like you said, it's such a pivotal time with mental health and everything that we're going through with this pandemic and, you know, um, you know, just a lot of things have come into play that, and, and I really want our girls to be educated. I want myself to be educated. Um, you know, I, I think our coaching staff is great. They want to be educated so that they can also educate our players. So we're going to work a lot with diversity and inclusion, um, anything that we can do and be a part of, um, with that, we're going to, you know, school-wide or, you know, UNC or Wilmington-wide, um, you know, we're going to be, try to be advocates for a- any and everybody. Um, and so in that we have to uh, educate ourselves, one. So we, we're going to get some, um, get working with the diversity and inclusion um, department at UNC Wilmington. Um, and then we're just going to be volunteering as much as we can um, you know, any walks, any uh, 
thing that we can put our hands in and get our girls um, to understand that this is important. And, um, you know, it goes past just being a player. It goes past just being uh, uh, at UNC Wilmington, like something that they need to carry with them their rest of the life, the rest of their lives and anything that they do. Um, so, you know, definitely something that me and Coach Barefoot, that was like one of the first things that we talked about is like, how can we get involved? Like, how can we get our players involved? And, um, you know, sometimes it's just going to be me or sometimes it's just going to be the staff or just our players, but um, always extending out the UNC women's basketball team, UNCW women's basketball team um, to diversity and inclusion and um, anything that we can do in that. No, that's definitely dope and it's needed. Um, even a lot of times in higher education, academia, athletics, um, I, I've witnessed at different places where instead of them facing things like this head on, some, some places choose to, you know, stay silent or kind of stay on the side of caution. And I understand it, but at the same time, those places that do really make the initiative to say, no, this is a realistic thing that our student athletes are dealing with, that we are dealing with and, you know, educated and find ways to confront it instead of, you know, hiding. So that's, that's very important. I think it's good. Um, so, no, that's I like it. I like it. And I think it's a match made, you know, with, with you and Coach Barefoot, because I know she's about it as well. Values and community, right? Uh, the values that a good basketball player have are gonna are they're gonna be the same ones that a good person has, right? So like you um, helping them become better, you know, young adults, better better athletes, better students, you know, that's gonna translate to the court, right? Just as you just told your own story, you know, getting the best out of yourself is is nothing but a plus when it comes to working with a team. So. Um, I'm I'm familiar with with Coach Barefoot. Uh, we had a conversation right before we got on. Um, I got a chance to see um, them come down and play VCU um, at VCU, and um, that that was a it was a game, man. And a couple of years back, you guys had uh, Sharita Parker, um, you had Gigi Smith, who just signed a contract to play in Ireland overseas. Um, so that's big. Um, and I, we're looking for, you know, looking forward to the good times with, with yourself and Coach Barefoot linking back up, you know, in this program and, and definitely making waves. So we appreciate you having um, coming on again. And um, Shaylin, anything else for? Uh, I do want to kind of end it on one thing. Kiana, if you could, you know, right now in this moment, decide, like, what is the legacy that you want to you know, leave with, whether it's with this team and you go on or just in general, making your mark on, you know, basketball and collegiate athletics, what's, what's the legacy you want to leave? You know, I, my grandmother, uh, she passed away in on October 31st last year. And, you know, she really impacted my path. Um, you know, just going and seeing how many people came in, you know, how I'm a part of her legacy. You know, I want to leave that. I want to leave the same type of legacy that she had. Um, you know, everybody pretty much loved my grandmother. <laughs> and, um, you know, one thing, but outside of basketball and, you know, on the court type of things, like I want people that are just generally good, genuinely good people um, to in this society. Like I carry myself as, you know, I'm going to help as much as I can. 
Um, you know, I have done so many things and seen so many things and so many people have helped me and, you know, given to me. So that's what I want to do. I want people to walk away and, and say, you know, Kiana is so much more than just a coach. You know, she's an advocate for her players. She's, you know, a, a good person. She helps in any way that she can. Um, she can. And I think that, you know, having that mentality, it's contagious. I think that it will rub off on anybody that, you know, I'm around. I think that I just kind of just carry myself like that all the time um, because, you know, life is short and, you know, more than anything, when the ball stop, stops bouncing, it did for me. Um, you know, I want kids to understand, like, I, I got opportunities like this, like I have now because of the person I am. It has nothing to do with, you know, how many points I scored or how many rebounds I had. Um, it has everything to do with how I treat people, you know, being respectful, um, you know, coming on time, being on time, you know, like things like that. Like, I just really want people to be a genuine, genuine good person over anything else, you know, the, the talent and stuff like that. Like, that's something that you're just, that's God given, but um, it's not God given to be genuine, good people. And that's, you know, you have to teach yourself to be that way in a sense, like, you know, yes, you can, everybody can be a good person, but you have to choose to be a good person in the community. And I think that that's so big, you know, you just think of everything that's going on right now, you know, just with a mask and, um, you know, social distancing and stuff like that. I feel like I've seen so many just crazy things and crazy stories and heard crazy stories on the internet and stuff like that. And I think that we just all kind of just need to take a step back and just look in the mirror and say, who am I as a person? And how am I as a person? How do I go out in the world? And, and how do people view me? Um, and so I think that for me, it's just, you know, I want people, good, genuine people around me um, and that's how I am. And I'm not going to accept anything less than that from people that I come across. And so um, for me, just being a good, genuine person, always, I want people to hear my name and, and smile and think like, yes, you know, she she's such a great person. I enjoyed my time here with her. And I think I just strive all the time to all the, to smile and have a big smile on my face and just, you know, carry myself um, with grace and um, just to be a good person. That is great. And oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear that. That's great gems passed on by your grandmother. So, you know, shout out to her. Yes. You know, um, Shaylin, I'm telling you what, I'm going to talk some trash to Joe off, off of this segment because- Oh, oh what? We wrapped up now. You, no, you, ended, <laughs> you ended with the last question. That's exactly what I was going to ask Kiana. So, oh, cool. But no, I know because they didn't give me nothing. So, I thought we weren't doing it. You clicked like that. So, it worked. Right. It, was, right. it was great. And it was like on cue. So, Joe's going to love it. Cool. I'm going to tell you what Legacy Maker Sports, the person editing this, Darrell is going to love it because we always ask the legacy question with Legacy Maker Sports. Yeah, He's going to love it. Yo, it was, it was perfect. Just know that. So, that was great. Um, and yeah, man, we, we're just really glad to have you, you know, to have your time, um, Kiana, and we wish you all the best and legacy will be following. Um, so if you see us at a game, you know, yeah. say something, don't be surprised because um, 
we definitely want to want to give you guys your, your love. You know, we, we appreciate everything that you do for our student athletes, for our community. Um, Thank you, bros. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear us? Mm, you might be out for the count. <laughs> yeah, well, if it's recording, I just want to really say thank you for having me on. Like, this has been such a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, you guys are, y'all do such great things. Um, I love, you know, just highlighting sports and women in sports and men in sports, you know, just highlighting everything. I think people need to know that, you know, that Virginia is the place to be. We love sports in Virginia. We, you know, <laughs> basketball, football, you know, anything, you name it. We've had so many great athletes come out of Virginia. Um, I'm just so grateful that y'all chose me to be on this podcast. And, um, you know, I'm so excited that y'all will follow us, follow, you know, anything you guys need, some tickets or what, I'm the go-to girl. So just let me know. Um, but again, thank you guys so much. I enjoyed this so much. Yeah, yeah we appreciate having you. Um, you know, and again, tell tell Coach Barefoot, you know, we appreciate her too. I so, definitely will. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. We appreciate your time. This is Commonwealth Sports Talk, you know, for Shaylin Moore with Ma Thomas and Kiana Brown. Until next time. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.